Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome, and this is Cindy Meyer, your host for the weekly Spirit Seeker Hour that is on Thursday evenings from 7 until 8 p.m. Central Time. We, um, this show is supported and um, provided by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Spirit Seeker is, um, is my baby, so to speak. 24 years ago, it started as a quarterly newsletter, then um, progressed uh, to a six-time-a-year publication, and then in 2002, we went to monthly. So for 24 years, we have brought you Spirit Seeker Magazine, and we've been digital since 1998. So you can just go to spiritseeker.com, and while you're there, there is a um, join our email newsletter at the bottom of the page. And by joining our email newsletter, you will uh, receive an email in your email box letting you know when the current magazine is uploaded, when um, who the guests are on our radio show, and then we uh, let you know of other wonderful mind, body, spirit events throughout the United States and into other parts of the world. Another reason to join our email list is we um, give away books and CDs and DVDs and tickets to events. Um, And the only way that you're eligible for that is if you are on our email list. So this is what we have going on right now. Um, Cindy Meyer is getting ready to move, and I have about eight bookshelves that I am going to be giving at least five of them away. I'm only keeping the uh, dearest to my heart books. So right now, if you join our email list, you'll be eligible for drawings for books, and I have all kinds of other stuff that I'm giving away. So you can either go to spiritseeker.com, sign up there, or you can send an email to info at spiritseeker.com, and then just get ready. Um, Many people will be receiving gifts. Okay, so I am going to bring uh, my guest on in just a moment, but I want to introduce him first. Panash Desai is a uh, best-selling author, thought leader, and business and life catalyst. His loving and compassionate presence and unique power of insight have transformed countless individuals, organizations, and companies across the globe. Through his gift of energetic transformation, Panash empowers people uh, to break free from suffering and limitations, guiding them into greater states of connection, collaboration, and love. This mastery delivers astonishing levels of personal and professional success, allowing them to discover and live a life that is truly without limits. He has been interviewed by Oprah Winfrey on her wildly, wildly uh, popular Super Bowl, listen to me, Super Bowl, Super Soul Sunday show. He has collaborated alongside Deepak Chopra, steps in for Reverend uh, Michael Beckwith at the Agape International Spiritual Center. He has worked with Neil Donald Walsh, Brian Weiss, and James Redfield and more. His new book, You Are Enough, is a national bestseller, and he will be talking about that and many wonderful other things this evening. So, Panash, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's such a joy to be here with you and to be with everyone that's tuning in from all over the world. Yeah, these are interesting times. Everyone is slowed down in a different way, and yet it feels like every moment counts right now. So, I would just love you to share some of the work that you're, um, yes, we're going to talk about the book, but I would also just like you, you know, to share about what you're doing um, to help people through this time and what, what, anything that you want to talk about. Just, it's your time. Let's let's hear your wisdom, Panache. I'll I'll share with uh, everyone that's here what I shared with um, the seven people that I mentor personally from all over the world who have different kind of global footprints. And so we knew this was coming in January. Um, I just didn't know how quickly it was going to spread outside of China. 
And the first question, because I'm responsible for a global community, is what is the virus? Because there was still some ambiguity at that point as to what the virus actually was. So I'm happy to say that now we know what the virus is. It's a coronavirus. It has a respiratory effect on people. Uh, people who have compromised immune systems absolutely have to be protected from this. Uh, elderly absolutely have to be protected from this. We have to advocate on behalf of everyone who is at risk. Then the second thing that I had to do was advocate on behalf of people who had investments in, in the markets at that time because the market was at 29000 And I knew that it was going to give back every penny that had been made during Donald Trump's presidency. So uh, that means that we were going to bottom out at 18. So I'd already let everybody know, hey, listen, just get in touch with your brokers and get in touch with your investment people to find out what your threshold is so that you can exit and you can sleep peacefully at night. The third thing I had to do was immediately get on the phone with business owners to begin to figure out how they were going to navigate their way through this time without having to shut their doors. And I'm proud to say that we've been able to have a 100% success rate in keeping every business in the community open um, by simply putting every business on life support by getting back to what it is that we actually need from a core business functionality standpoint and then eradicating the rest. Also, we uh, had people set up various protocols in the home. Basically, everything from outside stays out, outside. Uh, one person goes out to get groceries and to run essential errands, protecting the immunity of the rest of the family from unnecessary exposure. And so basically, just very simple risk mitigation strategies where you wipe things down, you're mindful. If you get a package, you leave it in your garage for a few extra days before you bring it in the house. And all of these things that we now know from a state and national level. The other part of this is that I knew that as a result of everything that was happening, we were going to need support to return to calm and peace. And so I was in the middle of a book tour. Uh, the book became a national bestseller. And on the Wednesday before I was heading out again, I got the signal that I was waiting for, which was the World Health Organization issuing a global pandemic. At that point, I had to immediately uh, put into action everything that I had already learned and, and kind of discovered uh, through speaking to people from all over the world in the prior two months on behalf of the, the, the remainder of the community. And so uh, I immediately pivoted, uh, moved everything online, and uh, just canceled everything through May 1st and now June 1st, and postponed the majority of events, actually. And just immediately said to Chris, who runs the company, I said, Chris, uh, I remember what it was like when I was going through everything with my daughter. I remember what 08 and 09 was like. I remember what September the 11th was like. You know, and I, and I especially remember what it was like to go through everything here with the hurricane. And I said, here's what's, here's what's important. We have to immediately provide people access to peace and calm. And so uh, that following Monday, we were able to get everything turned around and cleared my schedule. And from 9 a.m. Eastern on that uh, March the 16th, we began a call to calm meditation, which has now become a global movement that numbers in thousands every single morning. And that call to calm is so powerful because we must return to calm so that we can respond to what is unfolding in our lives in responding to calm, in returning to peace, we're able to return to a neutral nervous system that boosts our immunity. It supports us in making all the decisions that we have to make from a very centered and connected place. And those call to calm meditations have subsequently gone on to be shared tens of thousands of times through all social media platforms. You can get all of those through all of my social media channels. The other thing that I knew needed to happen was I needed to be able to support people uh, in freeing themselves of all survival-based energies. So we've entered a 10-year window of time within which harmony and balance has to be restored in the hearts of human beings. We're the only species that's out of alignment on this planet. And so this is the beginning of a window of time within which we have to purge 
every survival-based energy that we're holding on to. And those survival-based energies constitute fear, lack, and scarcity. Every form of fear, lack, and scarcity that we have inside of us has to be brought into the light of our conscious awareness and experienced so that it can be freed from us. And when we think about it in the context of ascension, we cannot evolve if we don't feel safe. We can't develop if we don't feel safe. We can't realize our enlightenment and our, our abundance and our potential and all of these things that we're reading about and attending seminars for and workshops for if we don't feel safe. And what keeps us in that space of not feeling safe is all of these survival-based energies. So at 11 a.m. every day, I began to, uh, once again, offer alignment and activation calls, attunement calls. And on those calls, we're specifically focusing survival-based energies to free people of all of that content so that they can return to a place of calm and so that they can literally go through that ascension and elevation in their personal vibration and expansion in their consciousness. And those calls have been amazing. People have been able to return to oneness. They've been able to overcome grief and sorrow and sadness. And so many amazing miracles have unfolded as a result of this community gathering together. I also wanted to be able to support people at a much higher level with business questions or personal questions, uh, relationship questions, because now all of a sudden couples are home again, uh, relearning relationship, right? I mean, all of a sudden people are back together in the same house without, you know, having the distraction of work or sports or the obligatory vacation that they take once a year, right? People are actually having to deal with relationships, they're having to deal with parenting, they're having to deal with themselves and their addictions and their shadow and their fear and their anxiety. And so I opened up uh, semi-private calls where I could deal with people individually and support them. And so literally since March the 11th uh, and prior to that with my mentoring people, uh, I've been full tilt. Uh, It's been literally um, 7 a.m. in the morning until maybe 10 or 11 o'clock at night every day Um, I'm so grateful to be able to be of service. And for me, it's just my opportunity to say thank you because when I was going through everything with my daughter, uh, she had a congenital heart defect and spent 18 months in hospital, five open heart procedures and then subsequently a heart transplant, there was one friend that called me every day. And that friend that called me every day was my lifeline throughout that whole process. He's now their godfather. And and he would just always check on me. And he, and he travels all over the world. He's in fashion, so he's the busiest person I know. And uh, he would still take the time to call me and check on me. And I knew that that's immediately what I had to do for this community that had been so supportive of me, that had been there for me every step of the way through everything that I was going through personally with my daughter. And um, I knew that it was time to be of service. And so for me, uh, immediately it was just into action. How can we be of service? How can we help? How are you? Through every social media platform, how's your family? How are you doing? What is it that we can do for you? Anything that you need, I'm here for you. Please don't hesitate to reach out for me. And I have to tell you that um, for the most part, I feel peaceful. Um, I have had to experience just the grief around being on the phone with families who are transitioning loved ones on respirators who aren't able to make it beyond this virus. Uh, I've been dealing with business owners who um, have had to make some very hard decisions, uh, laying off people that have been a part of their company for 30 years, you know, people that have become like family. Um, but I have to tell you that in and amongst all of this, there's an awakening happening. And I know it sounds strange to say that, right, in the context of everything that's happening, but what I've discovered is that everything that's being shaken uh, is everything that exists at the level of the identity. It's everything that we latch onto because we've forgotten who we are outside of us. 
And so those of us that have already been doing the work, who have been cultivating a sense of awareness, who have embraced the shadow, who have gone through everything that there is to go through, for the most part are peaceful in the midst of it. And that's not to say that we don't feel frustration and we don't feel sadness and we don't feel anger and we don't feel everything that everyone else is feeling. Of course we do. But we just don't linger in it. It's not overwhelming us. It's not incapacitating us. And, and I can see now why. I went through everything that I went through in the way that I did. I can see now why I had to experience every point of pain, every point of loneliness, every point of powerlessness and hopelessness, every point of just being reduced to my knees over and over and over again to trust and surrender in a deeper way. Because that humbling, that trusting and surrendering has allowed me to embody who I'm here to be completely and totally and to express the love that I have for people from to all from people from all over the world uh in every capacity and uh every night I go to bed I feel like I've been wrung out completely uh, god please use me up and I am used up and I wake up in the morning and I feel like I'm plugged into an electrical socket and I'm ready to go again uh so my heart uh is full my heart is full of love even in the midst of uh, the sadness, even in the midst of the anxiety, even in the midst of the frustration, in the midst of it all. I'm seeing very clearly that this is an opportunity for us to become completely accountable and responsible for everything. And there are two ways that people are going through this. They're either blaming people outside of them, making it about leadership, making it about the way countries are handling it, making it about the medical profession, making it about... Um, the latest conspiracy theory, making it about whatever they latch onto to confirm whatever it is that they need confirmation of at their state of vibration, or they're finally getting real with themselves. And they're realizing that in oneness, everything is as they are, and that we really are vibrational beings. And all of these things that I've been talking about for the last 20 years, people are now finally relaxing into and experiencing this peace, and experiencing this connection, and revealing the essential self, and most importantly of all, people are now breaking free of the shackles of this feeling of not being enough, and returning to finally realizing that they were always enough, that at the deepest level of who they are, their value doesn't come from what they produce, and what they consume, and who they know, and how they live, and where they live, and what they have. Their value inherently comes from just the fact that they are who they are and they're breathing and that breath is the only validation they need. And so that was a very long answer to a short question, but that's the the complete overview and arc of this entire window of crisis and everything that's been unfolding from the tragic loss of loved ones and the grieving of the loss of a family member who didn't have the immunity to make it to somebody discovering inner resolve and strength and realizing that they have this amazing power inside of them. And when they can connect with that, no matter what it is that they're presented with, they're able to move through it with a sense of peace, with a sense of acceptance, and they're able to take the next most peaceful step. Whew. I agree with everything you said, every bit of it. And, you know, it's interesting. I've been teaching a lot about the chakra system lately to different different groups. And, you're, everything you described with is root chakra to start with, the fear, the who can I count on, like what am I supposed to do, and you're, you're working with it with businesses, with individuals, with families, all of it, all of the above, and 
coming up with a survival plan is is the is the deal right now rather than being in fear and being like not in action at all and so what i have found in in my own life is that friendships are very important right now to me and you know we can't get together so like i i'm i'm just in all these different zoom groups now in different relationships and parts of my life and it's a deeper more meaningful connection and um, the other part is the heart chakra, of course, which, you know, the lungs are being affected, and um, that's how this virus works somewhat. Um, attacks the autoimmune system and then does its, its uh, whatever. And so when we're in our high vibration with our heart chakra, we're in love. When we're blocked, we're in grief. And many souls have left, just like 9-11, and... There's a there's a huge group of people back here that are just like like what just happened, what just happened? They're still in shock. So, you know, I I likened it to many people would say, where were you when John F. Kennedy was assassinated? Now I, I'm showing my age here, but the point is is that anyone that was on the planet at that time remembers exactly where they were when they heard that news. And then okay. Where were you when 9-11 happened? And now, where were you? Who did you shelter down with? Who who, who was it that was your support during the, the COVID? And I, I love, Panache, how you said there's so many layers to this. I mean, couples that have been so busy now all of a sudden are working, eating, sleeping, everything in their house. Yep. And all the withdrawal from the Sunday football, I'm sorry, but it's like it really is a syndrome. People that have had that in March Madness. I mean, everything was taken away so quickly. Yeah. 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 I love what you shared because, you know, I come from a, a lineage of Shaktipat gurus. And so uh, when we speak of chakras and we speak of uh, Kundalini energy, uh, the root chakra is the most important chakra because um, the the ancient sacred teachings are around the, uh, around Shaktipat and especially the Kundalini energy, which is this, basically life force potential, life force energy. And what happens is it goes to sleep when survival is first introduced into our experience. And so the reason why I've been focusing on all of these survival-based energies is to liberate that uh, infinite potential inside of us. So in India, we call it uh, Kundalini Shakti. In the Amazon rainforest, they call it the mother, Mother Ayahuasca, Divine Mother. Uh, In uh, uh, Christian mysticism, they call it um, the Holy Spirit. In... um, uh, Hebrew, they call it Ruach Elohim, the Spirit of God. And so in every tradition, they have a way of articulating this sacred power inside of us. And this is a powerful time of once again awakening that power, you know, and, and allowing that power to move through all of the different chakras, restoring harmony and balance. And this is especially important for spiritual people because we've been bypassing as a community. We've been avoiding, we've been seeking transcendence. We've been, you know, trying to avoid doing the shadow work, dealing with the parts that are uncomfortable. You know, we've been, we've been trending more toward bliss than we have toward the pain that we have to feel in order to be free of it. And so in, in speaking of, of evolution at the vibrational level and vibrational transformation, it's important that we pay attention to the first three chakras because our humanity is accurately reflected in our first three chakras. And that's the only place where any work needs to happen. And so once you've addressed uh, everything related to survival and you've taken care of any trauma or any abuse or anything that was there that compromised your sense of safety, or it can even be not having your needs met, 
right? At that point, you move through that doorway and your vibration expands, your energy expands, and you're able to express more and more and more, right? And then you begin to evolve beyond all of the other layers of who you are. And what's happening is the fundamental emergence of the soul. I'm experiencing every day the soul emerging beyond the emotional layer, beyond the mind, and beyond the body, and then completely filling up the aura or the energy body to the point where all of a sudden people are embodying presence. Once that soul, that essential self, is liberated from the dominance of the mind, the emotions, the ego, and the body, and it's fully able to express itself, at that point self-actualization has occurred. And so that's what this decade is about. It's about the soul. It's about facilitating the emergence of the soul. And the integration of all of these survival-based energies liberates that Shakti, that divine power that we have inside of us. And then that Shakti can go to work to bring harmony and balance to all that we are and to facilitate our rapid awakening and ascension into the fullness of who we're here to be. And so it was wonderful that you shared that. I, I didn't even know that you did that, but I, I love you. Uh, so much because of that and uh and you know i think that's so important that people be supported through through that process uh, and particularly the first three chakras that's the only place that we have to focus on you know in india our issue is that we're all top heavy right we focus on our, our third eye and our crown chakra right but there's not a lot of integration happening at the level of the first three chakras in china in Qigong, they have more of an emphasis on the first three chakras you know, they want to make sure that, that they have a solid foundation. And so for me, it's been about the integration of both of those realities. You know, at that point, what we do is we have a strong foundation, and then we have a strong uh, connection. And so we have access to universal energies, and we have a complete grounding and anchoring to the earth. And that is the new model and the new bl blueprint for the awakened self, for the awakened human. Well, and see, so much of what was out of balance um, is, I, I said many times, it is it will be when the 401ks crash that people will finally remember their conscience again. Mm. And I, you don't wish that a 401k would crash, but so many people would say, you know, with some of the injustices that were happening, well, but yeah, I know that's terrible that kids are in cages, but, you know, how's your 401k doing? Right. And it was shocking. It was shocking, the level of non-accountability on how that money was being made, et cetera. And so, right. so getting back to these first three chakras, for anyone who's listening, uh, I'm just going to really fast. Chakra number two deals with pleasure, and if it's blocked, you have guilt. Anytime we have guilt, guilt demands punishment. So we will attract it in some way because that's not a high vibration to be in guilt. The third chakra is your personal power, your dantian, your core, um, and that's your solar plexus, and that deals with willpower, or when it's blocked, it's um, you, you have shame. So fear, guilt, shame, survival, pleasure, willpower. And I've studied with many, many teachers from India, but they're from the Tamil sect, which is a little bit different. It's the Siddhas, Siddha Masters, and they teach get your financials, all that handled, and then go aspire with everything else. Like, it's a little bit different than the typical, typical Hindu, you know, which is, like you said, all up in there and they're not worrying about the root stuff. So I really feel like where we are, as, as all of us on planet Earth right now, everything got kind of 
cleared, so to speak, to Mm -hmm. go back to who you are. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's beautiful. Take beautiful. It. <laughs> because, because for me, so the magic is right that once we clear up that foundation, then the next thing we have to do is embrace our sexual energy, and bring our anger or rage into harmony and balance. So it becomes passion, because that becomes creativity. So when our sexual That's energy is blended <laughs> with passion, it becomes creativity. We, we we become consciously creative, or we realize that we have the power to do that. And then the final doorway, the third doorway for me, is just a profound acceptance of self. Once we finally get to an acceptance of who we are at the level of our humanity, all of the energy flows, everything's open. At that point, everything returns to the heart, and it's all integrated in the heart. And so as you're listening to this, your evolution and your expansion can only occur to the degree to which you have turned and faced yourself with love, empathy, and compassion. And the more you can meet all of these parts of yourself with love, empathy, and compassion, the more you're out of survival, the more you are able to harness and utilize your sexual energy and passion, and basically you're being empowered. And then the more you're in the acceptance of who you are at the level of your humanity, and then at that point, everything begins to flow in an upward um, movement. So everything begins to ascend. And I love what you said because you know, again, in the tradition I'm from, which is also a Siddha tradition, actually, uh, funnily enough, that basically uh, in the Siddha tradition, uh, you don't really start your spiritual journey until you're about 50 anyway. You know, that that period from the fourth (laughs) stage of life, the fourth stage of life is the stage of life where typically you're initiated into uh, Shaktipat, into this tradition. And then that's when you begin your sadhana and your journey of awakening and nurturing that energy and and evolving. You know, and for me, it was always very interesting because for me, it began in the womb. My mother, before she had me, had a stillborn baby girl. So she went to Ganeshpuri, India, and was blessed in the womb by Swami Muktananda, who was Wayne Dyer's guru as well. And um, and in that uh, meeting, um, Baba Muktananda basically told her that I would be coming back to do God's work and don't expect me to be normal. Now, I was completely weird as a kid. People were receiving Shaktipat from me and going through these spontaneous awakenings and, and, and just being liberated of all of their content. And I just thought I was the strangest person alive. And I would know things about people and experience things, and I had no context for it until I got older. And once I began to get older and relaxed into what was happening, after I'd had this huge awakening and remembrance experience that I talk about in Soul Signature and in You Are Enough, at that point, I finally was able to relax into it. And even though I relaxed into it, once I'd had that experience of God and the totality of life and the, and the, the absolute nature of reality, then I still had to do the laundry. I still had to go back and, and embrace all of the, the aspects of myself that needed to be embraced, not just for myself, but for the collective. And what happens is when we, spirituality really is, is about embracing the darkness, the perceived darkness. You see that even when we look at the word guru, the guru is out of darkness into light, right? And that's a metaphor for an inner alchemical process of transformation. We are our own guru, God, guru, and self are one, right? So people are missing all of these subtleties and these codexes that have been, you know, articulated in plain sight. But once you get to a certain point, you can just see everything. Oh, my God, that's what they meant, and this is what they were talking about, and this is why this happens in this way. So we have this capacity right now for all of us to know our samadhi, to, to, to live in union, to return to the point where 
the individual merges with the universal. And there's no longer any separation in our experience between what's inside of us and what's outside of us. And that's where, you know, everything that you're saying and, and everything that we're, we're talking about collectively is so important because nothing changes unless it shifts the level of energy. And this is what we have to understand in the Western transformational framework. You know, Descartes was fundamentally flawed in his maxim, I think, therefore I am. Actually, it's I am, therefore I think. He put the mind before being. And as a result of that, all of a sudden, we, we created all of these mind-based transformation modalities that don't work. The mind doesn't have any transformative power. Transformation happens at the level of feeling. And it happens through the liberation of dense and heavy emotions that have become imprinted inside of us. We call them samskaras. And these samskaras uh, are occurring all the time, but the ones that we have to focus on are the ones that have a very heavy emotional charge. Trauma, abuse sadness, loneliness, things that have been repeatedly ingrained into us. These are the samskaras that we have to transform. And that's what Shaktipat does. It transforms all of those samskaras. It facilitates a complete purification of the vibrational system to where the individual can once again merge with Shiva. So they say it's merging with Shiva, but it's not. It's liberating the Divine Mother inside. And the Divine Mother then merges with Shiva. So there's a complete balancing of every energy inside, the masculine, the feminine, uh, every polarity, every perceived opposite, duality in and of itself completely collapses in on itself. And all that's left is light. And you realize at the end of the journey that you've only been looking in the mirror at yourself. And you've either been embracing what you're seeing reflected back to you, or you've had an aversion to it. And anything that you have an aversion to is what you have to love. Because in oneness, it's all you. In that state of samadhi, you realize that everything is you. You are the lens through which life is unfolding. And so this is such a powerful opportunity, such a powerful time to take responsibility and accountability for everything and in doing so, set yourself free. That's really what your book is all about. I mean, um, I'm just going to read this one part, if I may. Um, Yeah. And... Panash says, it doesn't matter how your life has unfolded up to this moment. I want you to remember this. Every single morning, you open your eyes, and with the Mega Million Dollar Lottery, oh, I'm sorry, and win, the Mega Million Dollar Lottery of being alive, with each second in the day, you are given 86,400 chances to choose differently than you have in the past. You are also given 28,800 breaths to act, think, and move from love. There is only ever one choice. Either you are living from your heart and moving toward your limitless potential, or you are continuing to live in fear and limitation. Hmm. Just, just let that, that marinate for a second. Yeah. yeah. We just need to let that marinate for just a few breaths. That's everything. You know, either we're waking up every day and we're realizing the miracle that is our life and we're willing to get up and be all that we can be and express the totality of who we've come here to be or we're making it about everyone else and everything else and we're lost in the illusion. And when we're lost in the illusion, all we can do is look to the illusion for the truth and it's never going to come. So eventually we have to get to a point where we are willing to find a sense of harmony and peace inside. And we're willing to operate from that place of harmony and peace. Because that peace is the experience of your enlightenment. 
And that's the part that's been missing is, you know, people don't know what their enlightenment feels like. They don't understand what, what being their authentic self feels like. They have a conceptual idea, but they don't have it in their bodies. And until you have it in your body, you don't have it at all. And so your enlightenment, your enlightened consciousness is peaceful. You feel peaceful. You feel completely at ease in yourself. And when you're connected to that peace, that is your samadhi. That is your entry point into more possibility, more potential, and more aliveness than you could ever imagine. And it's something that we can access in every moment. It's something that we can come back to. And it's something that we have the potential to nurture inside of ourselves and return to. Because the truth is, it's actually our natural state of being. Peace is our natural state of being. Everything else is inauthentic. Suffering is 100% inauthentic. It takes so much effort to suffer every day. That's why people right go to now our, Right. And right now our whole world suffering. So there's this whole... There's this whole, um, you know, when this many souls leave and you didn't get to say goodbye at all, like there's a whole lot of, oh, my goodness, you know, like I, you remember the last conversation or you remember not touching base with this person and then all of a sudden they're gone because, you know, the, this virus is, uh, you know, in the Ayurvedic system, it's a kapha. It's a kapha disease. So it's an air disease. There's a There's a heaviness in the body and there's not enough air or space. So the immune system gets weakened by that. And so it's it's interesting that, um, like in China right now, they are finding that if a person drinks hot tea five times a day and does a steam inhalation into the lungs, they're getting better. Now, they didn't know that at first. You know, it was just, what what did they know? So I'm doing a practice called Vasi um, Yoga Meditation. Are you familiar with Vasi? No. By chance? Okay, it's uh, it's it's from the Siddha Masters, and I've been doing it since May of last year. And what I can tell you is that I have no more asthma symptoms. Everything's gone. Um, and right now I'm on day 22 of doing it for an hour each day with over 120 other people. And you work with the nadis in the body, and it works with the chakras in the body. And so mm-hmm. it's a vigorous inhale and a vigorous exhale. But what I have learned is that it's on that vigorous exhale where you then go into the total stillness mm. that's where that's where samadhi happens where yes. you're you've taken the pranayama into the body and then you and you're working with the mantra for that chakra and then you do the deep exhalation and then you're in total silence mm. that's beautiful so, Wow, I you know, and I've done a lot of meditation and I've done breath work since the early 90s, but this is like nothing like I've ever experienced. But so we're actually doing a study with, um, and I'll only take a moment for this. We're we're going to do a study with uh, several COVID patients. I have several friends with with the illness right now all over the country. You know, different people that I met through whatever my things that I do, um, and then we're going to do a couple of asthmatics, and we're going to teach them this Vasa Yoga. My teacher firmly believes that seven days of doing this three times a day, the people will no longer be afraid and their lungs will be better. So we shall see. We shall see. But more than anything, we come in and we take a breath, and when we leave this world, we drop our breath. And the breath is, that's it. That's it. So, uh, you know, 
I just think these are fascinating times, Panache, and I love what you're doing every single day for everyone. Can you can you tell people how to join in that? Um, do you want to give your websites, or I can give them, or? Yep. Um, so uh, you can head over to my website, which is panachedesai.com, which is P-A-N-A-C-H-E-D-E-S-A-I.com. Uh, and what we're doing every day is every morning we're doing a 9 a.m. call to calm global meditation. It's become a global meditation movement. Uh, people have really embraced it from everywhere. Uh, in the event that you miss it live, don't worry. I post it through all social media channels again at 1.11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, at 11 a.m., uh, we're doing alignment, activation, and tumor calls, basically Shakti part sessions. I can say that with you because you understand what it means. And uh, we're supporting people in completely uh, liberating who they are at the level of the essential self from the dominance of the emotions, the mind, the body. And that in and of itself is facilitating dynamic transformation in people at the vibrational level, which is where all transformation happens. Uh, I'm doing semi-private calls with people where I can deal with people individually, answer questions, and help them through what they're going through in a more personal way. And then every Sunday night, I'm just having a community get-together because so many people are right now self-isolating and they're by themselves. And I wanted to just read a few pages from the book and just talk to people and interface with people and just let people know that they're not alone. And so Sunday night, there's a community gathering uh, you can head over to the website. All the information's there, and um, and I'm just honored to be able to support anybody in any way that I can. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, this is the time. I mean, this is a time where we're teaching differently, we're coming together differently, we're all showing up differently, and um, it's a wonderful opportunity, wonderful opportunity for all of us. Um, so in, in your book, there are so many wonderful gifts in this book. Um, mm. And I, I, I like how you talk about um, the essential self. You've kind of mm-hmm. touched on that a little bit already, but would you be kind enough to discuss that and then uh, we can segue into um, why, you, why is it important for your readers to learn that they are enough in today's modern society, especially with what's going on now? Your book is so timely. So the essential self is that part of us that never changes. Uh, so when we when we look at that, the only part of us that never changes is the soul, the essential self. Everything else is in a constant state of impermanence. There's the beginning of an emotion, there's the end of the emotion. Our bodies are on consignment. There's the beginning of a thought, there's the end of a thought. We have a home, then we sell a home, we buy another one. We go to school, we we, we get a job, might get another job, go through one relationship, another relationship. So life by its very uh, definition is change. Who you are is the part that never changes, who you really are. And that part is the witness, is the part that's observing. So in my experience, I am a light body. I am the light body. I am awareness. I am pure being and pure potential. I have emotions, but I'm not my emotions. I have thoughts, but I'm not my thoughts. I have beliefs that have been conditioned into me, but I'm not those beliefs. I have a body, but I'm not my body. Who I really am is a luminous being, experiencing myself as a human being, experiencing myself as a mind, experiencing myself as emotions, experiencing myself through this avatar that I've created called Panache Desai. (laughs) And the more we awaken 
the more we realize that who we really are is this luminous presence, this luminous being, this light. And that luminous presence and that luminous being has no choice, no preference. It's neither for nor against anything. It exists in a perpetual state of neutrality. And this is who we really are. We are an eternal and infinite neutrality. And so the essential self is the part of us that never changes. It's the part of us that is permanently anchored in peace, permanently connected. The part of us where all of the abundance, all of the health, all of the vitality, all of the love and all of the oneness that we're looking for outside of us already resides. And so then spirituality is about liberating that essential self and bringing it into the forefront of our experience instead of leaving it in the background. So it's really getting to your authenticity and recognizing what's underneath all the rest of it. Yes. And recognizing that all of these other things that we're identifying with have a beginning and an end. They're finite. But who we really are is infinite. And so another definition for enlightenment is the soul giving the ego a hug. (laughs) It's the part of us that already knows Embracing the part of us that's afraid, that's sad, that's angry, that feels guilty, that feels ashamed, that's addicted, that, you know, needs to understand, that needs to figure it out. You know, in every moment, it's that embracing. It's the complete embracing of who we are. And that embracing of who we are allows us to have the complete embracing of the other. And then we realize there's no separation between who we are and the other. It's all the same. And in that, all of these mirrors begin to smash. And all that's left is light. We see the truth. We see the truth beyond all of the distortions in our perception that this whole thing is just a play of light. It's really just all about love. And and we get lost in it. We get caught in it. But when we actually break free of it, we are in this perpetual experience of peace. We begin to feel this sense of bliss. And we feel this feeling. The closest way I can articulate it in, in human terms is love. But it's beyond love. Because it has no reason, has no cause. There's no point to it. It just is. It just is. And and it's always been inside of us. Mm. See, people get glimpses of it, but then I think they they um they don't know how to connect with that all the time, if you mm. know what I mean. It's yeah. like there's a book called Cosmic Consciousness where there's a moment where most of the existentialists, you know, Sir Francis Bacon wrote about his moment where he was one with everything. And, you know, they went through so many of the different philosophers. And, you know, someone asked me one time, have you ever felt that? I'm like, I have. And it's like this moment where everything is transcended and you're one with everything. And it's mm-hmm. it's hard to put into words. It's more of a feeling. Um more of a feeling but that that is it takes quiet to get there normally like you have to like i think i think so many people have gotten so busy myself included and going into this quiet i mean it's me and my two cats <laughs> i had a i had a roommate but you know he was um furloughed and so he had his own home in north carolina and went back to his own home he's like I'm going back there. I'm just going to spend this time in my own home. I said, I understand totally. So this is the first time I've had this level of quiet in my life in a very, very, very long time. Mm. Yeah, and it's interesting. This one group 
that um, I'm involved with with women, it's, we call it postcards and conversation. We do, we do supportive work for political candidates at the local level, but it's really that and then the conversations. Well, we can't get together anymore, right? So mm-hmm. we've been doing happy hour, and it's like, you know, whatever. It's not really alcohol, but if you want, you could. But it's happy hour. And then that evolved into, this is all since this COVID, that evolved into on Sunday morning, we now have four of us. Um, each one has a role. One's a writer that gives us a writing exercise to really go deeper into what is going on within us in this time. And then one did a journaling exercise, and one did just welcoming in the flow. And then mine was spirituality and meditation. And it was interesting. I pulled a tarot card after everyone had shared, and it's men and women, um, all kinds of different people. There were 25 of us, um, and they decided to keep the group at that size. At any rate, so I pulled a card, and it was uh, the tarot card saying creativity. Like, this is a time, which is what you were talking about with that second chakra, where we can yeah. transcend and really go into pleasure. And, I mean, this is what's happening. We're seeing the Himalayan mountains for the first time because the, the smog and the stuff is gone. We're seeing um, cities that you can't remember when they look like this because everything's gone. You know, I mean, everything's clear. But on this phone call, the fascinating thing to me, some people were talking about how they were um, gardening, some some pe- playing the piano. Like the musicians were grateful they played an instrument that they could play like a guitar or a piano and bring pleasure just with that one instrument. And then there were other people doing all these other things, but it was all creativity. Every single person practically on that call was sharing, you know, there was a series of questions, what's the, what's, you know, what book are you reading? What are you doing? You know, what's the greatest aha moment you've had thus far, et cetera. But the creativity and all that comes from that energy, it was very powerful, uh, Panache. It was yeah. just like, wow. Like, I just got off that call, and I, and, I, and I taught everyone a breathing exercise because I think right now whenever people go into fear, the first thing they do is they constrict and their body constricts. So if we can mm-hmm. open the body with the breath, then there's not so much fear. And yeah, I, I I discovered a long time ago. I was, I, I was really paying attention to a lot of gurus and teachers and what they were teaching and why. And you know, I realized that they would always pair a mantra with the breath. And I thought, well, hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious, and I began to kind of look into it. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's interesting that the word for breath and the word for God is the same word in basically every major tradition. And yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I created Living Breath Awareness, which is you know, basically just uh, the recognition that our breath is the entry point into presence. And that when we actually pay attention to our breath, we're actually able to relax into the present moment and really be available for life. And I love what you're saying because your call is the future that's going to emerge uh, as a result of all of this. You see, once human beings are freed of survival, we're going to see creativity and an art and and so many different things emerge in ways that we haven't even you know been able to right now because everyone right now is is wrapped up in surviving right that that we've been told over and over again that our creativity cannot support us you know that we have to get a job that we have to you know do something to produce right and and we have right. to remain a part of this production and consumption but what's going to happen is that people are going to actually uh, be able to make a choice. And that choice is going to be to choose life and their quality of life over their survival. People have been so programmed into believing that they 
have to do things and they have to work hard and they have to you know accumulate and they have to do all of these things and to a certain degree that's all great but after a while it becomes a burden after a while uh, the very thing that brings you a sense of freedom to where you're able to do whatever it is you want to do with your time becomes a burden what we're realizing is that it's the heavy heaviness of the burden right now and and what you're articulating is so beautiful because what you're articulating is the future of the world you know it's, it's literally the golden age where all of a sudden people are freed up from those responsibilities and from those burdens to just focus on creating and in that creation we'll be able to architect the future of this planet to be able to come up with solutions and answers that are collaborative and cooperative that benefit us all and so again amazing that you you shared that because that's where we're headed oh it's globally globally all of us i think you know this is a four year vibrationally two and two is four 2020 and four is all about unity and mm-hmm. you know this is a time for all of us to come together and it's unfortunate with you know without smashing or whatever but we're seeing on the on our world stage in the united states we're seeing what it looks like to be an i instead of a we we're, mm-hmm. And that's what that full moon was about. The full moon was in Libra and the sign of Aries. And Aries is all about mm-hmm. the I am, and Libra is all about we are, you know, like the we. Mm-hmm. And so we have to have a strong sense of who we are, but we also have to realize the interconnectedness. Like what happened in China affected every part of the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think that what's playing out right now are the parts of us that are still you know, based in narcissism and self-aggrandizement and aspects of the ego. And we're getting these big mirrors because we're just not willing to look in them. So the mirrors have to get bigger and bigger and bigger until we finally just look into them and see ourselves and then go, oh, okay, I can be like that. And I can accept and love that part of me. And then we don't need people to act out these roles anymore and to reflect these parts of us back to ourselves. So again, this is where we have the power. Yeah. Right. I remember Amici's Vedic astrologer one time um, saying, get the lesson, and you don't need the lesson. Yes. Just get the lesson, and you don't need the lesson. And, you know, and we all know that saying when you're, you know, wh- you know when you're pointing a finger at someone, you know, three are pointing back. But the, what I love is Marianne Williamson, what you perceive in another person, what you perceive in another, you're strengthening in yourself. Yes. So it's time for us all to, like, do the deeper shadow work and see the good in everyone, even yeah. Donald Trump, even Donald Trump. And that's a big assignment for many of us that, but it's not him. It's not him. It's it's the whole energy of this old dinosaur way of governing, and it, it has to all be changed. It all, yeah. It just does. And, you know, California today basically seceded from the United States. I mean, not exactly, but basically they kind of did. They're like, we're our own sovereign um, state. And I, I think we're going to see more and more, re- it's not so much rebellion, but civil disobedience, shall we say, yep. Um, yep. where we start to think for ourselves instead of, like you talked about um, in your book, where you know, you have to realize you're enough. You don't need another teacher and another this and another that. And you have to come back to right here, right now. Right. I am enough. Yeah, I think that we're we're going to move away from external authorities and power figures to radical personal empowerment. 
and then we'll revert back to what we used to have, which is uh, governance on a local level. You know that that can really advocate on behalf of the people of that area. Uh, right. In a way that, you know, right now an overarching body of governance cannot, no matter how hard it tries. Like we're seeing it in the, in the response to COVID. You know, and how do you, how does any one person um, make decisions on behalf of a whole country that that is completely autonomous in how it how it deals with everything? There's no way. So, I mean, so you're, seeing, point, you're seeing, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. I apologize. So so in, so in, out of this radical personal empowerment, we're going to create new forms of governance and new ways of being and new ways of, of finding an equitable point of resolution on behalf of all people, right, whatever that is. Um, but it will be decided on a local level as opposed to on a, on a federal level. Well, it's funny, Michael Bloomberg that, you know, People were annoyed that he threw all his money in and everything. I'm like, oh no, no, no! Be grateful. He, you know, I mean, he knew he wasn't going to win. He was just trying to wake people up, um, and he is the one who put all the mayors together. He put, he created a network for all these mayors to talk once, twice, three times a day, whatever they need. Then now there's a governor that did this. He's created a whole network for the governors. So you're exactly right with this. It's like, and and you know, New York uh, received respirators from three other two other states in another country and those states said we know when we need them you're going to send them back like this is a a level that there's no there has been no system like this ever in our country this is all new yes and and it's a testament to the degree to which people have been waking up loving themselves embracing themselves embracing their shadow embracing the parts of them that they feel aren't enough and emerging the part of themselves that already is the more the frequency on the planet is elevated out of survival, the more we're going to see all of these creative solutions come into being. And that's what this decade is about. I love how in your book you're like the five commitments. Mm-hmm. That I, I, they're, they're beautiful. Um, do you Thank want you. me to read them or do you, I mean, I have them right here or you probably know them by heart. But um, Well, I can I can say what they are and you can read them if you'd like. So, so the first commitment is to knowing your essential self. Uh, the second commitment is to a new past, present, and future. The third commitment is to inner peace. The fourth commitment is to fulfillment. And the fifth commitment is to unlimited possibilities. And now they will be read by this beloved angel. Oh, my gosh. I don't – tell me uh, Tell me where I, – I didn't have that part pulled up. It's uh, hang on, I'll, I'll show you the, the back. I'll give you the page number. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, I'm almost there. Oh, here I'm on 198, 196. Uh, yes, 193. Here we go. The five. Here we go. Okay, <laughs> I knew I was close. Okay, so I'm just gonna do the the one from. Uh, okay, so commit to knowing your essential self. We can hold one another's hands as we journey in this life, but it is up to each of us to carve our way to learn how to trust our essential self and our passage through life. I'm just going to commit to a new past, present, and future. Life is never happening to you. It can only, in every case, be happening for you, for your expansion, for your evolution, for your awakening. Beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Okay, and there's also another one in there that um, there's so many. Here's another one. Your real power exists in your ability to raise your vibrational frequency, 
to expand your consciousness and to remember who you are. The future, I know, I know. There's like, I mean, this is like just these little snippets. This whole book is filled with this. Okay, the future in reality holds possibilities beyond your ability to imagine. Okay, so where are we on number and number three? Commit, commit to, inner to peace. Your, I can read that if you want. I commit to inner yeah. peace. Uh, the 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 sharing from there is when you bring mindfulness to how you resist life, to how you become attached to outcomes, to how you control life, you create a space, an opening for the light of conscious awareness to shine on the fear. It's beautiful. I love that. And that's it. It's like, that's it right there. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll, one more, commit to fulfillment. And number five is commit to unlimited possibilities. Uh, trust allows flow, and flow opens you to possibility. Mm-hmm. And I love this. Whatever is showing up is the perfect more for you. When, if it's mm-hmm. there... There's still something. There's there's a reason it's there. Don't don't fight yeah. it. Just oh, this is here. Oh, interesting. And then and then move with it. Um, yeah. Panache, we have just a couple more moments. Uh, what other wisdom would you like to share with all of us? You know, I I was asked a question the other day about my first book and this book and how they're connected, and I said the first book is. Uh, supporting you in coming into the radical acceptance of who you are, the love of your humanity. It starts with fear and it ends with love. And this book is about facilitating the emergence of the essential self. And it ends with trust and surrender. And so I would encourage everybody who's called at this time to find some semblance of peace, to find some direction, to find some ability to evolve beyond what's unfolding to turn to the pages of this book. It has served as a comfort and a guide for so many people. It's time for you to remember that you're enough. You're more than a unit of production and consumption. You're a human being. You're a miracle. You are divine. That is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Wow. So, Panash Desai, he has a wonderful website. He's offering inspiration every single morning there's a sunday um, inspiration as well go to his website and i just want to um, mention before uh, we conclude that we have been doing a thursday evening show i think since 2000 um, and we are now switching Um, we'll continue the thursday night shows during this month but we as of next week we will be on friday morning as well and the friday morning is wake up with spirit seeker wisdom for your soul so it's from 9 until 10 Central Time. We'll still do the 7 to 8 un- until we finish who we have um, invited as our guests, and then we're going to a morning pe- platform. Okay, so enough already. I just want to thank you so much. You are doing wonderful work. It's been my delight. I've, 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 I've uh, experienced you and your teachings for many, many years with Liz Dawn Celebrate Your Life Expos and um, in Chicago and in Arizona. So I just want to thank you. You are just amazing. And um, from my heart to your heart, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been such a joy. So much love to you. And uh, grateful for all that you are. Thank you. Okay. Remember, listeners, it's a podcast. The minute the show's over, share it with your friends. You can listen to it over and over again any hour of the day or night. Thank you so much. Namaste. Stay calm. Stay happy. So it is. Thank you so much.